You're listening to RTI Audio, powered by Rocky Top Insider. This is Pancakes and Bacon with VFL, Tyler Kerbison, and Reed Bacon. Well, 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 Fall Nation, I'm in the all-white. Uh, I'm hopeful that we go down to, to Gainesville, rocking the Stormtroopers, all-white. That's, that's why I'm wearing this. It's my favorite uniform. It's big week. It's, it's, it's Florida week. Um, we're we're going to get there. We're going to talk about it. We got we to talk about Vols versus, uh, versus AP, Vols versus uh, Austin P first. So, I rewatched it today uh, after my Titans loss, and um, I don't know if I feel any better. Um, I, I'm just kind of like, uh, here, here it is. This is what happened. This is what I saw. This is what needs to, to improve, um, and and I do think it will, uh, obviously. And um, please let me know in the comments, kind of what you all saw, what you all thought, and then kind of what you think about about some of these comments. But anyways, before we get too much into this. Um, this is pancakes and bacon without the big fella, Kyler, Kyler. Uh, we miss him. He will be back for the next pod. Hope he's having a great safe time. Uh, Jack is back on here again, behind the scenes. Thank you, Jack, uh, for doing the it setting this up. Uh, so rate review comments, subscribe, check everything out that Rocky top insider does. Um, and we appreciate you. Okay. Uh, first thing is the overview of the game. Uh, great crowd. I have to say it, Tennessee's the best fans in the world, but it's Austin P. And I get it. It's the first home game of the year, so everyone's just excited just to get to campus. Like, they just want to go do the whole thing. But it's still, it's Austin P. We thought it was going to be a runaway game. It wasn't a runaway game. It was more of a not enjoyable, you know, you're not enjoying it uh, because we're kind of like, what the hell's going on here? So, um, you know, but five o'clock game against a team that uh, really shouldn't be competitive, but everyone showed out. It looked great. It sounded great on TV. Um, it, re- it shows that it really is a week to week. You know, it is. It really is a week to week season. It's very cliche, but it's so true. And I still remember playing and, and hearing those coaches saying that and you'd be there and you're about to play somebody that you know you're better than. Um and uh, but but I think this this shows that you do have to lock in and you have to to treat and respect um, each opponent, you know, seriously. And I'm not saying that that's the reason that Tennessee played the way they did. I, I think there could be some of that for sure. Uh, and other days we just don't have it. Other days it's a bad day. Um, anybody that's listening, watching, if you played sports, if you play pickleball, you play golf, you play tennis. You play pickup hoops, you play intramural flag football, whatever the case may be. Some days you just don't have it, and um, and, and that could have been the case for, for Tennessee as well. Nothing has ever given me reason to believe besides uh, one game, and that was South Carolina last year. So, I mean, one out of 20-something games that this team uh, wasn't prepared and, and ready to go. And so I don't believe that, that Hypo and this coaching staff overlooks things or – uh, doesn't prepare the same way every week. I, I firmly believe that they attack each week the same. Um, so sometimes it is that these guys are in college and they know they're playing Austin P, and they just beat the hell out of Virginia. 
they're riding high. They know they got Austin P. And and then they're going down to Gainesville. And um, I had mentioned it on on another pod that whenever I was playing a team or I was on teams and we knew that we were better and we kind of used that as a um, we were just as excited to play. But we used it more of like, hey, let's eat up the stats. Like, this is a stat game. Like, I want to see how many tackles I can get. How many catches can I get? You know, how many tuddies can we score? Um, you know, on defense, it's, hey, let's let's keep a, a goose egg. Let's let's go zero on the, on the scoreboard. How many, you know, who's going to be the first to get a big hit or a turnover? And you really just kind of let, let the boys loose and let them off the leash and go. And I, I honestly do feel like the defense kind of did that. I, I don't necessarily see that on uh, on the offensive passing game. I think the running game was still there, and it was it was pretty good. And the reason I say it was pretty good because you can throw stats at me, but it wasn't it wasn't great for Austin P. I mean, if that makes sense. So it, it should have been even better than it was, in, in my opinion. Um, don't hate me. I wasn't a fan of the jerseys. Uh, they might have looked better in person. I'm totally cool with why they did them. I love the throwback uh, and honoring past teams and honoring Condra Holloway. I love it. I just didn't like how they look. That, that's just me. Um, and another thing, please let me know what you all think about this. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm getting older. I don't know. But it really, really sounded like there was a lot of booze. Uh, and, and I say a lot, meaning a lot for what I would expect, because I, I, I truly don't know how anyone as a fan of Tennessee could boo Coach Heupel. I, I don't. I, I just, like, what the guy has done for us in the past two years, like, he's, a, he's human. We're, we're all human. We all make mistakes. Like, you can't be upset at the guy. I mean, we're really gonna, we're really going to boo him because we've got some overthrows from drop passes. That, that's not on him. And if you're booing the players, like, get, come on, like, get get a life. Like, these are these are college guys and, and college kids, and th- they're trying their best. I mean, maybe the only time that, you know, would be cool and fine to boo is if maybe it was a Derek Dooley last game of his – or one of his last games of his tenure, and the team's not trying, and they just give up, and they, they, they take a, a, a an L in Lexington. I mean, maybe something like that, but – I don't know. That was just me. I was sitting at home. I'm like, why are we booing? Why would we ever boo if there are recruits there? Why do we ever boo and and just look like clowns when Coach Heibel's done nothing but been awesome for us? And a lot of these guys on the team now were pivotal role, you know, pivotal players and and were played a major role in a historically awesome season last year that we're all gonna remember for a long time. So I don't know. I I, I just wasn't a huge fan of that. Um, anyways. Let's dive into it. Uh, I'm going to talk quick again this week. Uh, we, we will start with offense like we did. Um, I don't really know if there's a, a, a spot that we can start besides uh, the throwing, the drop passes, wherever it may be. I try not to get on Twitter and read a bunch of stuff, except for I will watch the Rocky Top Insider uh, or read the stuff of what Coach Heupel said after the game. That's pretty much all I want to see and hear. And it's going to be mostly Coach Beak, but that's really all I check. I don't want to see and get other opinions until I watch it for myself and 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 take my notes and all that type of stuff. And I know Kyler tries to do the same. I I personally thought. Um, oh, let me say this. I said that because I I know that some people were saying, "Hey, these were drops. These were not on Joe." And I'm not saying all of them were. Um. The, the, the first one to brew, 
I think Brew needs to catch that, and I think Brew would tell you in public he should catch that. In private, he probably says, like, hey, I need to catch it, but I also think probably in private he knows that it was behind him. Um, there's always that rule as a receiver, if it hits your hands, catch it. I get it. That sounds great. That's really cool to say. But sometimes there's some really, really difficult ones to catch that hit your hands. I, uh, If Tennessee wants to win big games and continue to build off the season we had last year, Joe has to clean it up. He, he has to move a pass – from Brew running this way and, and and hitting his hands here to here, here, and hope, you know, and here. It's just little things. Like, I'm not going to say whose fault it was or whatever. You got to make those plays. And, and this upcoming week when we go down to Florida, later on in the season when we want to absolutely blow South Carolina out and beat Texas A&M and, you know, give Bama a fight um, and stuff like that. Like, th- those are the little – those are the little inches – the you know that you have to change it's it's from here to here to here um the one to squirrel across the middle i i hated that throw it was high and he and he sailed it but i hate high throws across the middle because nothing usually ever good comes out first off you leave your guy in the air if he if he exposes his body to just get blasted i mean it's it's if you if you keep a guy you throw the ball up high and and you're just, uh, yeah, like I said, you're just, you're doing a disservice to your teammate. Um, if it's high, there's a really good chance that it's uh, tipped, and then if it gets tipped, there's a really good chance that it's, it's an interception. So I hate, I hate high balls ac- across the the middle. It's just like a pass to the sideline that's a little behind. It's just asking for a corner to to jump it. Um, so those two, I those two personally, I I put on Joe. Um, I don't – obviously, the Dante one where he's coming back, I thought it was a great play by Joe. I mean, he has pressure coming from his backside. He gets around it, eyes downfield, runs. Perfect ball. Perfect ball. That is a legitimate drop t- to me. Um, the, the the McChicken, McCallan Castle, that's a bad throw to me. I, I went back and watched it so many times. Joe had a a, a perfect pocket. And he stood in there. He had plenty of time. You got, you know, you got McChicken coming across. You got to hit that. You're an SEC Division One quarterback. You have to hit that. And let me say this: since none of us are perfect, if you don't hit Brew or Squirrel, then you got to hit this one. If if you don't hit this one, you got to hit one of those two. So you you, you got to hit at least one of the three. I'm I'm hoping two of the three. It, you just you just can't miss those throws, um, and it was it was a bummer to watch. And um, let me let me keep going. Um, I know Squirrel had another drop on the sideline when he was coming back. That was a good ball by Joe. Uh, I don't necessarily know if that was a drop or if it was more of a good play by the DB. Um, Third and goal, another one. That was the one to brew. Um, another perfect pocket. Joe's looking, he's scanning, he sees it, whatever. He kind of makes a move, and he has brew. Now, that one's going to be a tough throw. He has a corner that, well, a safety that maybe is trailing, and then the corner that's here. So he kind of has to put it in a pocket. 
but he doesn't make the throw. And that, that's a touchdown. Once again, those are plays in big games and close games that you have to make. So it's I don't even necessarily want to argue with people whether, hey, it's a bad throw or it hit their hands, they got to catch it. I'm just letting you know that if they're not complete for whatever reason, if he can't dial it in, you know, there's two Joes. There's overthrow Joe and there's Orange Bowl Joe. We we all know it. If we get Orange Bowl Joe, we're going to be all right. If we get overthrow Joe, we're going to see a lot of the same stuff that we saw on on Saturday. I thought the running backs ran really, really well. Uh, again, I actually thought Jabari was very nice and was a nice spark plug to start it off. He had some really nice good chunk runs, and he had the real long one, and he put a nice move and the safety was just able to get him. Um, but but that's what you have to have, and and so I love to see that. Jalen did get his longer one um, later in the game. Um, the last one that I will talk about on the throws to the throws from Joe is the slant. This one's up in the air to me. It needs to be caught, but you're in the you're in the red zone. You have six five Megatron. Dante Thornton, he needs to catch it, but but it was behind him again. You have all this field in front of you, and he has such a wide range. Can we put it anywhere in this vicinity besides here? Like I said, he's going to tell you you need to catch it, but there was no one really in front of him. That that one was one that's like a toss-up to me. you got to complete those. And and I think they will. I, I, I'm letting you in on a sneak peek here. I, I still think Tennessee goes down and beats Florida. And I think they do it handily. This is just kind of how college football works. We look terrible this week. We're going to go down there next week and blast them. And, you know, everyone's going to forget about this game because it happens. Looking at the notes. So if you're listening, um, offense, the, the drive after half. This is when I started to get frustrated a little bit with Coach Heupel, uh, and I would be interested to know what you guys think in the comments. It was almost like when when our mid and deep, when our mid-range and our deep shots weren't there, it was almost as, and I, and I don't know this, I'm just guessing, but it was almost as vibe of like, you know what, today's not our day. Uh, maybe there's some boo birds out there for Joe. I want this guy to keep his confidence. I don't want to have to go – I don't want to bench him and then bring Nico in, and then you're going into the first massive game of the year, and they, they don't want Nico to have to go down there and start that game. So so I'm assuming that it all ties into I'm leaving Joe in, but then it was I'm just going to pepper the the short stuff, and I mean the short stuff. I mean, we're not throwing it past the line of scrimmage because it's – it's screen, screen to the right, screen to the left, screen to the right, screen to the left. And whether it was a receiver with one blocker, receiver with two blockers, they put a running back out there, did all that stuff. And I, pers- I, I it's like I feel like I get why he did it, but it frustrates me because I feel like this was the perfect game to continue to work on our timing or our confidence in the deep shots or whatever you want to call it. And it's almost like we just said, hey, you know what, today's not our day. Let's just dink and dunk it, maybe get his confidence going, have his stats looking good. But I personally would have loved to seen some more deep digs, some uh, some of those patent uh, wheel routes that get to about 15 yards from the slot and turn back around. Like, I want to see some of those timings. 
uh, throws and, and feel good about Joe going in next week. But uh, Heifel is much smarter than I am, and so I, I'll trust him to say, hey, I just want to run it. Let's play clean. Let's beat these guys and 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 move on. But but I I did feel like I was frustrated in that in that moment and in that time. Um, offensive line, I thought the offensive line played pretty well. There was a couple things that I was bummed with, and that maybe looked like it was a a, a lack of um, hey we know we're better and this is awesome piece Super Bowl. I mean this is this team's you know. It's probably some of those players. It's the biggest game that they're going to have in their entire career. Um, yeah, I was talking with somebody. I think I was talking with my mom. She was like, "Why, you know, why is a team like this coming play? Like, what are these guys? You know, they know they're going to get killed." And I said, "Well, hey, these guys, these guys are going out there and saying, hey, we might not win, but I want to put something good on film. I'm going up against SEC talent. I want to guard them well. I want to, I want to block them well. I want to get off a block. I want to get a sack and needle. And I want so those guys have their own motivations. And so it's, I felt like at times." At times, their defensive line would maybe bring the fight to, to a couple of our offensive linemen. We're still much better than they were, and so that showed. Uh, Dane Davis got whipped pretty bad, um, which which made me a little nervous to see. I was hoping that maybe he was out of that phase, but he overextended awful, 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 awful. And he's a bigger guy. He's a longer guy, so he has to be really careful with that. And that defensive nose, or that defensive tackle slash nose guard whipped him. I'm talking it was just a swim move. And he was in the backfield. And I don't and Jabari frustrated me on that one because it looked like Jabari could have given a much better effort when he sees that guy get by. And if you really need to make that block, go low, cut him, or or give him a good shot. But Jabari gave it like one of these. If you're watching, he kind of just threw his hands and acted like he was gonna hit him. And it just that that play right there is kind of one of the ones that made me think. Yeah, these guys are kind of annoyed with this. They're like, they're ready to get out of here. They they don't want to be there any longer. They're annoyed that they're not playing better. They're annoyed that they're not on the sideline and the backups are in. Um, and I remember being in, in games like that where you were just like, hey, like we're going to be out of this game by halftime or whatever. And then it's third, fourth quarter and you're still fighting and, and still playing. And it's you just get kind of frustrated with yourself. And then you're like, wow. How did we get in this situation? But I didn't like to see that from Jabari. It's just not. It's just not good habits. And he's a millionth year senior, and um, I just don't. I just don't like seeing that on tape. I, I wish that you know it's not fun. He's not a big guy. I know you don't want to go up against a nose tackle, but give some better effort than just throwing your hands there. Other than that, that's really all I have on offense. It's pretty short and sweet. The the. I mean. The mantra for the entire game was we obviously did what we had to do to win. We're the better team. Um, but but the throws were kind of the talk of the town or the drops, which are both fair. Um, actually, looking at my notes, it did remind me the blocking on the outside, the blocking on the perimeter, uh, whether it was from our tight ends or receivers, and there was some flags that were thrown. I thought a couple of them were holding. Uh, then there was maybe one that I thought was a terrible call, and 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 hype I think thought the same thing on that one. Being a former receiver on a very small level or a much smaller level than this, it can be it can be pretty tough to to get out and get in front and 
and make a good block against a athletic defensive back. Now, the good thing is it's you know where the play is going, and hopefully if you have a good running back or whoever's behind you that you're blocking for, it's going to be good enough to read off you. I mean, you don't have to pancake everybody. You don't have to declete. I mean, sometimes it's just get in the way. These guys are so fast they can get by you. Maybe one little just hit on, on, a, on a shoulder pad to turn them just a little bit might be all the person behind you needs. And I love the effort. I love, love the effort. I mean, it is awesome. They have that mentality that they want to pancake and, 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 and dump somebody. But there's certain times where if you don't get that a good initial in the chest plate and get them inside, you, you just kind of have to uh, not give up. Uh, you kind of have to just kind of accept like, hey, I, I missed my hand placement there. Let me get a quick, quick grab. Let me kind of get a quick hit and turn them. And then just be done with it. And just it, it's better to let an athlete behind you make them miss or kind of go off your back and, and decide which way they're going compared to getting a, a penalty. Um, so that's the only thing I would say there is a lot of these individuals were going, grabbing, and they were fighting so hard, and they're competing so hard. So I, I get that. But as a teaching point in that film room, it's like, hey, get get your block. If, if you're off the block, re use your feet to get back in, in the play. Do not use your hands. If you use your hands, you're done. Try to use that those feet to get back in position in front of your defender to then block them again. If you can't, it, it happens. Um, defensively, 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 defensively. Man, um, I thought Austin P. I thought Austin P. had a, a really nice game plan. I thought it was – they had some very, very timely – uh, play calls, but they went in saying, hey, this Tennessee team is very aggressive. We're going to use a lot of misdirection. We're going to use a lot of quick game. We are getting the ball out. And I'm going to tell you this, if they didn't get it out quickly and they tried to do a legitimate drop back or a legitimate play action and let him take a two, three, four-step drop after that to let something go, our defensive line was in the backfield every single time. Every single time. And so they knew that that was going to happen. So that is why we saw a million quick screens, tunnel screens, um, change of direction. I'm going to tell you one thing I thought they did really well, and I'm happy they did it because I think it's really good for Tim Banks and the coaching staff to be able to talk about it moving on in the season. But they would show us one thing. Tennessee would get lined up on defense, and then they would completely shift and change in motion to a completely different formation. And the, one of their bigger plays that they had was the – where it got – not one of their bigger plays, but a, a good play of theirs was the was the double pass, and, and they motioned. Then they go to double pass. They went against our aggression. It was an overthrow. Um, Kamal had his eyes in the wrong spot. They didn't complete it. But I remember talking with Kyler last year, and we talked about it on here – that we knew that teams were going to try to do that against us because we are so aggressive. And so you had to play like that. Then you had the reverse where they got the um, blindside block. By the way, Elijah Herring, I love your effort. I love your tenacity. I love everything. Young fella, you got to keep that head on a swivel. I mean, he got it twice on the very first drive of the game. So I know he will learn from that. I will always remember one of the first things I was taught, and you get if you have good coaches, they tell you, keep your head on a swivel. And don't stand around piles. Either be in on the pile or keep your head on swivel because that's when 
people come flying in, get hurt, knees, all that stuff. I always remember those two things. Um, but what they would do is they would show, then they would motion. Tennessee's like, whoa, 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 hey, we got big motions here. They're calling their checks. They're trying to get in their defense. And while we're calling check, trying to get our defense, they're calling the play. And then it's run this way, run this way, or, you know, a read option here or there. And so they did a lot of that good misdirection, quick game. And I think it was – I'm happy they did it because it's going to be a really good teaching point uh, for this coaching staff Um, because I believe that Florida and other teams are going to see that, they're going to watch that, and they're going to try to do those things but also build off of them. I I would not be surprised if Florida did a a double pass. I I wouldn't. I I don't know why they're not going to throw everything out at us it's a seven o'clock game at home. Their season's on the line, in, in my opinion, because I don't think they're a very good team. And uh, they're going to have obviously better athletes than Austin P. I was very, very happy with how our linebackers and defensive line flow, how well our corners come up and make tackles. The corners and linebackers did outstanding on the perimeter, getting off blocks disengaging multiple times there were big hits whether it was Aaron Beasley, Wesley Walker, Tamari McDonald, uh, Kamal was basically big hit and almost pick six it all in one so I love seeing that but it does say hey great to see that I love to see that and I wouldn't change that but we're going to have to be really disciplined with our eyes moving forward because then they're going to hit us with a hypal uh, you know, this guy's coming back, acting like he's going to get the screen. This guy's in the slot, acts like he's going to come up and block. And you're sitting there feasting like I'm about to pick this off or absolutely go up and munch this buddy. And then he's behind you. And it's, you know, it's it's not a trick play, but it's uh, your eyes run the wrong play. And now they're running 45 yards down for a walk-in touchdown. So I love seeing that. I love seeing that. I thought they engaged, shed the blocks, made the tackles. Very, very well, all of them. And like I said, I love seeing how they all fly, how they commit. They're the corners, the safeties, they come up great. Omar Norman Lott, it's only been two weeks, but I love watching that guy play football. He has a motor that is second to none. He's really good with his hands, getting in the backfield. He's so great that when they were doing those quick games, Right when that ball's let go, he's turning and reversing and getting out to try to make a tackle. And Tyler Barron had a really nice play like that. And so it was great to see those linemen that once they come upfield and that ball's out, they're turning. You, you you can teach that, but you can't. I mean, that really is who somebody is as, as a football player. And I guess I can say they teach it at Tennessee because if you don't do it, then you're not going to be on the field. I guess it's probably the best way to put that. Let me check some notes here. Uh, fourth and two. They had the read option. That was a great play by them. Really, all that was is it was blocked pretty darn well. And once again, they used our aggression. That that read option worked three or four times against us in different formations. And one time they brought a receiver in, kind of like a, a fake, you know, it was a fake jet sweep. Uh, I, I, thank goodness we're not playing AR again. Thank goodness it's Graham Mertz. I don't necessarily see him running any read options. We might see some more of that when you get to a Spencer Rattler or um, a Milrow if he's still the quarterback at the time and some of these other guys that maybe have some mobile quarterbacks. The fourth and two, though, was really well blocked. And then Tamarian and Wesley were basically the two that were kind of 
in the position to make the play. One of them gets blocked and one of them steps outside. And so when he shows outside, the quarterback went right up the, the back of his one guy that was sealing it off and took off. And so kudos to them. It was a good play. Um, like I have on here, which we've already talked about, the reverse. It was a nice show, shift and realign, and then another misdirection. Get us all flowing one way, using the aggression against us, come back another way. Give me one second here. So making sure, making sure. Oh, yeah, kind of where we are in the game. Not that I'm switching off defense, but special teams, I was finally happy to see us get a good boot, nice little punt. Shout out to Warren Burrell. Been around for a long, long time, was a starter for a little bit, got injured. It's not starting now. He's not too prideful. He's with the program. He didn't leave. He's, you know, he's obviously competing and didn't just kind of put his head in the sand and not want to be on the field. Goes down as a gunner on punt, is there, makes a great play. You love you love to see that. I wasn't pumped. And I can't believe I'm saying this. I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I wasn't too pumped with what I saw from Amari uh, from Big O. Um, I think I expect a lot from him because I've seen a lot of good stuff and he is so physically gifted. But it definitely looked like he didn't look the same, and I don't think it was injury. I think it was more of this is Austin P. you know, kind of whatever. Now, he obviously has to deal with some double teams, but just some of the spots where he, one time he did get double teamed and he got dro driven out. And I'm like, hey, I know you're getting double teamed, but you're big O. Like, I think you were able to hold your ground at least better than what you showed there. And some of those times where I'm talking about Amari Thomas or Roman Harrison, I mean, excuse me, where I'm talking about Omar Norman Lott or Roman or Tyler or James Pierce or whoever, where they're putting their foot in the ground and getting and changing directions, or even Dominic Bailey or Karak Garland or any of those guys, I didn't feel like I saw that same level from Big O on certain different things. Obviously, I think that's going to change this week. I think he's going to be back to himself. But I, like I said, I don't know if that was just a lack of just didn't have that same juice because it's Austin P compared to uh, it's Alabama in a packed house in the biggest college game of the year. So, um, just something, just something that I noticed and wanted to say. Um, Aaron Beasley, Aaron Beasley, Aaron Beasley. Uh, I cannot say good uh, enough good things about him, and I'll say it every week as long as he keeps doing what he does. The guy doesn't waste any motions. He does not take any wasted steps. Every like everything he does is just basically almost perfect. I mean, when he sees it, he goes. Um, he, he can peek inside, but then gets his eyes back out. He doesn't miss tackles. He's, like I said, he's always in the right spot. He fights through traffic well. I saw him go right in between two, two linemen and make, make a tackle for basically no gain. And you need guys like that besides for the fact of the plays that they make but because even if he's not a super rah-rah guy or super talkative, other people see that, and it is truly a lead-by-example. So, Aaron Beasley, you're a great football player. Uh, keep it up. Um, and the reason I, I brought that up is because I I love the blitz. That that, that he, He's so good at blitzing. I talked about him and Jeremy Banks doing a really great job last year of when they disguised it, they somehow – it was like they knew the, the, the snap count. They – 
they they shoot their guns at like the perfect time. They get in the backfield. People rarely get away from them. And he did it again. They went five wide and and spread us out. And Aaron doesn't show it until the very last second. He gets back there. Quarterback doesn't have a chance to get away. And those are uh, those are big plays. And when you're coming on a blitz, you would think, hey, uh, you know, free shot at the quarterback. But if he sees you coming, sometimes they can take those little dips or the little sidesteps right or left, and you really do have to come in under control. But he always seems like he's under control and doesn't miss must miss many tackles. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Couple, yeah, a couple other good things here, and then we'll wrap up and, and talk uh, talk Florida. Um, the the Kamal Haddon. Kamal Haddon P PBU. I'm 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 sorry, the Kamal Haddon pass interference. And I see a lot of stuff, and I even have buddies that either you, you love Kamal or you dislike him. Um but you feel like it's feast or famine with him. I still think he's a very, very I, I think I'm not gonna say very, very good. I think he's a darn good player. And I mean very good would be all SEC, whatever. I think he's very good. The play where you know, people want to say he didn't turn his head. He didn't turn his head. What's he doing? It, the ball's underthrown, and why don't you turn around? You can pick it off. It's pass interference, whatever the case may be. I want you to think about this. Think about trying to guard someone one-on-one. -on -one. I, listen, I, I don't know if you got a friend. that you, if, if you've never played DB before, if you've never played basketball and you tried to stay in front of someone, you played DB, you played linebacker, played safety and you're trying to cover someone i don't care if you're at the beach with your friends and you're just doing one jokingly one-on-ones you all should know how hard it is to stay in front of someone where they know where they're going and you don't and you're reacting to that when when he's when he's playing man and it's i'm looking right here i'm not reading number two i'm not reading the quarterback because if you're probably reading the quarterback you're probably in trouble and man because that guy's gonna lose you when he's there and he's in someone's hip pocket, and so if you're watching on YouTube, you know, running the runners here and I'm right here and you're right in that hip pocket, if it's underthrown and the receiver's looking back for it, and he knows he has to come back for it, do we really expect that Kamal's just going to be able to stop, turn immediately, and A, either pick it off or not have it look like it's, it's past appearance? Some of these quarterbacks in the NFL do this because it's almost a cheat code that if they know they got a guy covered and someone's coming on them, you know, coming behind them and rushing them quick, they'll throw it almost right into the back of someone because all that receiver has to do is kind of lunge forward, like, hey, I'm going for it. He's in my way. What do you want the DB to do? There's legitimately nothing that they that they can do. And so go out in the yard or go out with someone, like go take your, go take a child. If you guys have kids, go get your kid and have them run and, and you trail behind them. And the only thing that you can do is watch their hands and their eyes. What if these receivers are really, really good about looking at the last second, showing hands at the last second. I mean, the greats are the great. I mean, Randy Moss would just do this. I mean, people talk about it all the times. And so it's like, you know, what if Kamal is a man to man and someone turns up field and he turns to look at the ball and then that guy chop chop down and makes and turns around on a comeback or whatever the case might be. So it's a very very difficult play to make. And if it's underthrown like that, it's nearly impossible for him to make a play on the ball. The very very next play, 
right after that. They go deep at him again. And I don't know if that was on purpose or what the case may be. This time, I'm about – now, obviously, I'm not Tim Banks. I'm not one of the players. I don't know what they called. But I watch this play a bunch. I'm almost 99% positive he's in zone this time. And when he's at zone, he does get to keep his eyes in the backfield some. Now, I don't know what his – I do not know what his keys are. I don't know if he's reading number two. I don't know if he's supposed to be reading the quarterback or whatever the case may be. But a corner in zone playing cover three is a very fun thing to play because you can kind of open up your hips like he did and kind of look in and have the whole field in front of you. You know right behind you is the is the out of bounds, so you kind of use that as, as your defender. And so Kamal is now already opened up. He kind of takes a couple read steps. He fills the guy behind him. He sees the quarterback kind of opening up, and so he takes off running. He's in perfect hip pocket position. The throw is much better. He bats it away. What 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 else what else do you want? You, you see what I'm saying it's and it's you get mad at him for for that type of situation and then it's the very next play he shows you he's very capable of doing a really really good job. It's you just never know what the defense is, what the call is, um, what he's seeing, what he's feeling from from a receiver. It's just uh it's very very tough and I was really happy to see him come back that very next play. And like I said, it was a little bit easier because he's in zone and he gets to keep his eyes in the backfield. He sees it. He fills that guy behind him. He runs, bats it away. And it was too easy for him. So I like to see that. And he also made, like I said, another really, really good play, a couple really good tackles um, where he's disengaging and blasting people, like I said, along with some of those other DBs. And so you love to see that. That is going to be something that I feel like is going to be huge this week. I will be shocked. Shocked if Florida doesn't throw some of those quick screens, get some blocks, try to get some of their players, you know, upfield. And, um, yeah, I'll be very surprised. And also, like I already said, I'll be very surprised if they don't work something off of that. Um, defensively, defensively, fourth and one, the QB power. This is probably the only defensive play that I was actually legitimately bummed with. It's fourth and one. It's Austin P. They run quarterback power. How are we not four deep? defensive line in the backfield with two more deep in the backfield of linebackers. I, I don't get it. I didn't like to see that. It was a great push by them. They kind of effortlessly got it. That's the only one that really bugged me. It's fourth and one. They just ran quarterback power like it's Tim Tebow back there. Beat your block, make the tackle, get off the field. Not third and one, it's fourth and one. Get off the field. So, let me check some notes. We'll just make sure that I kind of hit on everything for you all. Um, like I said, big, big, sexy Kyler's not here, so I don't have him to talk for a moment to make sure that I hit everything. Uh, yeah, so I think that's pretty much it. So to wrap up on Austin P, whether they, whether the players weren't mentally there um, looking ahead, whether it just wasn't their day and a little bit sloppy, it is what it is. We're lucky. We got away with a win. We were never going to lose that game. Let's just – it's over and done with, 2-0, and move on to the Florida Gators. Florida Gators. I didn't think they were – I didn't think that they were that good of a team uh, last year overall. I thought they just had AR-15, who was a darn good player with a couple other, a couple other pieces. I uh, I don't think they're good at all this year, and my eyes kind of told me that again uh, when I watched them play Utah. 
I have a buddy that I really respect who's in the college football realm. He's worked at some big programs. He's been in the recruiting department of those programs. He still knows a ton of people in college football. He believes that Napier is a pretty good coach, and he's pretty harsh on coaches. Like, if he doesn't think they're any good, he'll straight up tell you. He, he does think Napier's a pretty good coach. Everything that he's heard is what Napier took over is – is, is a pretty bad situation, meaning that Mullen didn't do a darn thing down there. He did – sorry, Mullen didn't do a darn thing down there on the recruiting trail. Not only do they not have a lot of talent, they got a lot of shitheads is kind of how he put it, whether they're just not good guys or whether they're divas and they think they're a lot better than they are because they are at Florida. You know, Napier has now started recruiting better. Whatever the case may be. I trust his opinion, and if he tells me Napier's a pretty good coach, I'm like, that's different than what I've seen, but okay, I'll trust you. And so you give a coach time, and you give a coach back against the wall, and like I said, it's their Super Bowl. They're they're going to play their best game, and Tennessee is going to have to match that and, and, and be better than that. So you can't go in and have a – I'm telling you the obvious here, you can't go in and have – a performance like you did. You're going to have to be crisp on your route. You're going to have to catch the ball. Joe's going to have to put the ball on the money. He's going to have to run. He's going to have to make plays. The offensive line can't overextend. Everyone's going to have to be everyone's going to have to be on their on their A game so that they can feel comfortable in the fourth quarter that it's it's somewhat over and you're not in a legit dogfight like you were last year. Um, because if you do make a couple mistakes, you do you don't play crisp. You maybe have a turnover here and there. It's it, it could get it could get a little nerve wracking. And so um I truly believe in my heart that Tennessee is gonna go down there and and win and win big. I should say like I said I'm gonna stick with my 10, 13, 17 um, fourth quarter. We feel really good where we are. We're not super nervous. And uh, Heupel's probably not pumped with how it looked this week. But it's a great time for it to happen so that he can really get – and I'm not saying get on these guys' ass and kill them this week in practice. I'm not saying that. I don't think he's even that type of coach. It's more of, hey, watch this film and see what you did. You know, is this really the best that you that you can play, you know, Brew? Or is this really the best that you can play, Squirrel? And I'm just throwing guys out. Is this really the best that you can play, Big O? It's not like I, I I need your best and I need your best moving forward every game, um, so th- that that's what I think. Um, I, I think we're going to win the game, and uh, and I hope coming back on next week that the boys went down there handle business. We get we get Orange Bowl Joe uh, instead of Overthrow Joe. And Kyler and I get to reminisce and, and break down some more plays and, and have a good pod. I appreciate you all. Thank you for watching and listening. Uh, it means more than you'll ever know. Um, and uh, go Vols, baby.